You're listening to Yale Radio WYBC. This is Brainerd Carey with the lives of the artists, architects, curators, and more. Today on our show, I'm talking with Kieran Brennan Hinton. Kieran, thanks so much for being with me today. Thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate it. I'm excited to chat about the show. I am too. I'm, I'm, I'm looking forward to talking about this show at, at, at Charles Moffat, of course, which is which is up now through um, through October, through the end of October. So uh, to jump right into it, it's it's called a break in the clouds, which is kind of a a lovely name, and um, and these are uh, a variety of things: still lives and, and, and landscapes, interiors. But a break in the clouds. Can you tell me a little bit about that that title? It sounds both poetic and and, and also straightforward. Yeah, I mean, I think that's a really great read of it. I mean, I love the idea that it could be both poetic and straightforward. And I feel like for me, at least, that's the the sentiment I want from the paintings in a lot of ways. Um, So I paint from life. And when I'm painting outside, there's these moments that the clouds move and the light comes through for like a brief moment and it changes all the light or it dapples the light and you kind of get these really intense moments and it's like this opening up and when you have to just like you don't know how long the sun's going to be there for us you almost really have to paint it just in that moment with uh with quickness and with agility and you almost like can't make uh you can't be too self-conscious because the light could move or the clouds could come back I was kind of thinking about that as like a moment that happens for me while painting, but it was, I was reading a bunch, you know, a bunch of poems and some books before the show and just kind of like trying to understand the group of paintings as a whole. And I find it's tricky sometimes to, to title a full show because I feel really close to individual paintings, but I almost don't see the full show together until it's in the gallery, which, you know, things need to be done well in advance of that. So um, the actual title, like the reference point for me was both the experience of being on site or being in proximity um, to plein air painting and kind of having those moments, but it was also the first line of a poem by Raymond Carver. And the poem was called Simple. And he kind of just like, it's this really simple poem. It's like five or six lines long. And he just kind of meditates on what's around him, kind of talks about the break in the clouds, the blue outlines of the mountains. And then he kind of just he's eating this this bowl of raspberries and he's wondering if everything is this simple and he kind of answers himself saying this is as simple as it is and this is all that there is and it kind of it becomes existential and poetic while also being I think really kind of grounded in just a lived experience so I kind of like that as the feeling for the painting that also kind of had a literary kind of jumping off point. I like that uh that's that's clear and and to talk about the paintings, there's, there's of course a few different sizes in here, and I'd, I'd love to talk about one of the smallest ones first. There's mm-hmm. one called Lilacs in May, and that's that's just 12 by 9, and and most yeah. of these are fairly large, though there's there's several that are small. Um, but to talk about that one, it, it seems that the small ones, or, or maybe I'm wrong, but the small ones are are handled a little differently. The the paint looks like it's um, Almost a little, a little thicker on there, uh, applied slightly differently. But, but I may be wrong. I'm, I'm looking at the one lilacs in in May. Yeah, for sure. I think it's um, there's a lot of different things going on. Where with the small ones, for me, they're they're really concentrated. So I make those in single sitting, so over a couple hours um, in in one day, obviously. And I think it's because of the the scale of the canvas. So that one, as you said, it's nine by twelve inches. So every brushstroke you really see. And I think there's something that happens with small work where 
you almost have to get close to it because of the scale to see the image. And then when you get close to it, you also see the material. And I kind of love that possibility of um, your eyes adapting to the material and the image at the same time. Um, so for me, like the, the small ones, they're really this like this entry point for me in terms of painting where I've been making them for a long time, kind of wherever I am, whether it's at home or traveling or on a residency or kind of wherever. And with that one, it was just I knew that the you know the lilacs up in uh, kind of outside of in eastern Ontario where I have a house, the lilacs bloom end of May, early June. You never exactly exactly know, but I was kind of waiting for that time because I love that they would in the same way they would disappear in you know two weeks or a week and a half, and you only have that really brief moment to capture this 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 thing that will then uh, emit such a like intensity and the the fragrance and it's such a kind of like a marker of a time of year. So. For me, I think the small ones really are this like this chasing these moments and really like setting up and capturing it as quick as possible and then moving on. So I think with um, as you were saying, with like the the thickness of the material, it's really just this responsiveness to the subject matter and almost like trying to be as receptive to the scene um, as I can in that moment. And and the the palette, the, the, the scenes, so to speak, their the interiors and exteriors, there seems to be always some uh, green in here. You know, it looks very beautiful where you where you are or where these are, are painted. You know, though, though we're talking about, like, the images and, and different aspects of them, there's also something about an engagement with the world, right? I mean, I, I interview a lot of different artists. Everyone's working in such different subject matter and... And a lot of them are New Yorkers, so what I what I end up seeing is a lot of work that's um, not necessarily uh, interiors or exteriors, but but something else, um, yeah. something that's not about observation, that's not plain air, and and so what I, what I'm asking about is this also is about a relationship to the landscape, right? Your relationship to the landscape, a way of um, a way of seeing, a way of um, engaging in the landscape i mean that's that's kind of what what i'm in part seeing so i i guess i'm i'm asking about yeah the relationship to that because some of these seem almost like a a meditation on surface on on sky on on, on land mhm yeah i mean i think that's all like that's definitely those are a lot of the things that i'm thinking about while making the work and i was actually I was living in New York for about 10 years. I came down for undergrad and then grad school and then stayed for five years afterwards. And as I started to make plein air paintings, it was just in the same way that you're saying, <laughs> there's not, it's difficult in New York to make that, that type of work. So I was finding I was always doing residencies or I was going upstate or kind of moving to these different areas. And I grew up in Toronto and I, during the pandemic, I got this, um, my mother and I, we went in on this property together in the country. So We've kind of been working on that over the couple of years, and I've been painting it at the same time. So a lot of the work for me was moving out of New York, kind of like getting reacquainted with the place that I grew up, and also using painting as a way, as you say, to interact with landscape and to think about it and to meditate on it and to consider it in this kind of full, um, in this full experiential kind of a way. Um, I think that's also in terms of, yeah, as you say, like the color and it's really seasonal specific. So with those colors, there's really only like, I find that the greens change in spring into early summer, into late summer, into moving into fall and kind of like having this constant, which is observation as a way of tracking those changes. And kind of like, as you stand still or you stand in one place or you return to the same place, you start to notice more and more information. Um, so kind of like that possibility that painting kind of gives them this, this way of opening a landscape up, but also, 
uh, focusing in on the little moments that kind of make it special. I mean, one that seems to depart from that a little bit is um, a week in March. That's mm-hmm. um, that, that's a large work on linen, oil on linen, and this is an, an, an interior, right? That's um, looks like it's a, a diptych. And uh, is this a is this a studio? This is your studio home kind of image. This still is filled with colors that almost look floral, a, a kind of yeah. beautiful lime green floor, and all this color throughout the the space and light. Yeah, it's funny. I mean, like with the color, I find like when I'm in the spaces I'm painting and I'm really trying to get it as accurate as possible. But then sometimes when I like remove it from the space and bring it back to the studio or into the gallery, it almost feels like hyper vivid and surreal. And it's just really kind of like strange, jarring experience because when I'm when I'm in proximity to the the spaces that I'm painting, it really is this kind of act of of close looking and of really actually trying to accurately match what what I'm looking at. But then later on, they kind of are kind of imbued with this saturation. Um, but that space is actually the space that I was talking about just a second ago that my mom and I got during the pandemic. And it's this old historic schoolhouse that we've been renovating over the past couple of years. So I go up there when I need more space to paint. And um, as you said, it's a panorama. So it's made across two canvases or two uh, linen stretchers. And I kind of wanted this, like this feeling of looking around a space and to capture this idea of like kind of peripheral vision and this way of just kind of like see, like noticing your head turning while you're looking at the painting. Um, so for me, like the, the panorama has almost like opened up this possibility where they could be an accumulation of little moments and little paintings, but all at once kind of in this kind of more holistic, full uh, viewing experience. That sounds like a beautiful place you're you're in. This is you're you're restoring an old uh, historic schoolhouse. Yeah, yeah, it's kind of a wild project. Uh, my mom was an elementary school teacher, and she had she was retiring right when the pandemic was happening, and I was moving back to Canada, or I, I actually got um, kind of stuck there. <laughs> I went back just on a little trip just to actually inspect the house, and then borders shut down, so I wasn't able to come back to New York, and it actually worked out really, really well. We ended up getting this place and working on it and kind of renovating it and um, moving the stairs and doing plumbing and doing kind of all these different projects together, which was kind of really this really rewarding experience. And so for me, I I both live in Toronto and then sometimes I go up to the the schoolhouse, which is in Elgin, Ontario. So it's um, it's kind of this ongoing project, both in terms of painting and restoration that uh, I think will kind of take me far into the future. Um, but it, uh, yeah, I never really anticipated it and never really kind of um, saw that happen. But for me, it's it's kind of like having a practice that is observational that kind of lends for these changes in life and kind of adapts to these moments that happen that I think kind of, for me, at least lead to more paintings. Yeah, I like that. That sounds like such a wonderful project. And uh, there's there's a painting that, that first drew my attention when I was looking through all of these called Morning Coffee. And um, there's a number of, of really interesting and beautiful things about this. But one of them is the, the surface of the of the table. You're looking at a glass table that, that recurs. And, um, and I'm not sure why I'm so pulled into this one, but it's reflecting, the table's reflecting the top part of the window that we can't see which is this, you know, this beautiful kind of monochromatic blue. But there's something very special happening there. It, it, it seems to be painting glass in this way and reflections on, on glass. It's not only kind of fascinating in terms of it being kind of sensual and, um, and, a, and just a, a kind of 
mesmerizing thing to to paint, but but also it seems something else is happening. The surface of the painting almost seems seems different there, and, and maybe this is just me or how I'm seeing it, but something about that glass that it is your drawing table or that it is your breakfast table um, seems fascinating. What it what it does to reflections and colors and how you're able to get these. Uh, in, in this case, uh, a, a largely monochromatic reflection that um, that almost changes the surface of the of the painting. It, it, it feels like um, I don't know what that experience is, where you want to reach out and touch the painting because it seems like it's uh, almost an optical illusion. I mean, that's that's my experience of it. But I, I'm really just talking about this painting of of glass and and reflection, which seems to be. Uh, recur in these works in, in, in some in some instances, but in that particular painting, um, yeah, yeah I, I think like. Sorry, go ahead. No, no, like, no, yeah, just that painting. It just seems remarkable. I mean, it just drew me in. I just couldn't help but keep looking yeah. at it, and and I, <laughs> I I see it in other paintings as well. But that one seems, yeah, something else is going on there. Yeah, I mean, I think that's such a perceptive way of seeing it. And you're not wrong. Like the the paint application really changes in that moment. Um, it's basically the only really opaque part of the painting, and I kind of like that idea that you know opacity. It's almost like it's physical. It's there. You can um, you can almost touch it, but it also is like this reflection that isn't there. It's just a visual kind of phenomenon that's reflecting something that you can't see. That's above the trees. That's out of the line of sight. That's above the window. So. I kind of like that both in terms of a material and a visual kind of like um, almost like a harsh juxtaposition or this harsh contrast from the warm interior, but also that the painting could almost like uh, this, this change of the change of application could also indicate kind of this change of looking or this change of perception where you are able to see beyond the interior into a space that um, is outside of the painting. And that actual, like, that way of kind of capturing the reflections came from the painting we were just speaking of before, A Week in March, where on the left side of that painting, there's this moment, and it's the first time it happened for me, where I was looking at the window, and then the reflection in the table showed the sky, and I was, like, super confused, because it felt like it wasn't true, <laughs> it wasn't real, but when you're in these spaces, and you're really trying to pay attention, you start to notice these things that are really remarkable. Um, so for me, I started to pay attention more and more to these moments of reflection, and kind of have that are you kind of just see throughout the, the course of a day, whether it's in the corner of your eye, but really then zooming in and really kind of like um, honing in on this, this, um, the sharpness of that and almost like the surreal quality of these, uh, these daily experiences. Yeah, I love that. Um, and there's, there's one more that's, that's quite a bit different, but also features this table, but it's called a long day. And this is a, a very small painting, 12 by 9, as, as opposed to the one we were just talking about, which is yeah. quite a bit larger. That's, um, I think, uh, 56 by 44. But in this one, um, a long day, which is small, this this has a different kind of intimacy to it. Obviously, the, the paint mm. is uh, applied differently, but that, that surface on the floor, again, seems, um, has that same sort of, remarkable effect this this reflection which almost looks like the floor is wet it almost is is, is glass-like uh, but again this is a very different approach to this one because it's so small yeah. and uh, or maybe not because it's so small but but the way it's 
it's worked is is very different than the one we were just speaking of. Is that correct? Yeah, absolutely. I think there's with the small ones for me at least there's this like kind of juiciness to the material that you really that's really, really satisfying, whether it's just kind of the intensity of the yellow in relationship to kind of a darker, more transparent, um, deeper reddish brown and kind of that like how that the lights can really then like jump forward in your eyes. Um, for this one, it was, it was really funny. It was, it's called a long day. So that was, I mean, long day is totally relative, but I was, uh, painting in a park nearby my house in Toronto in the morning. And it was, kids kept coming up to me asking what I was painting. I had to stop and talk to them. It was really, really sweet, but it was also really distracting and it kind of fully stopped me from like being able to paint what I was trying to paint. So I, I wiped that painting out. I went somewhere else and I started to set up there and paint again. And the same kind of thing started to happen where people would stop and take photos and it felt very like thematic or um, it felt, I felt like kind of ridiculous um, or like kind of like a long show, um, which is like really, it's, it's an, um, I think a really sweet thing for people to really approach. But uh, for me, it's also incredibly distracting at certain moments, especially at the beginning of paintings. Um, so I, I wiped that painting out as well. And I went home and I was kind of in a bit of a huff and I was kind of ready to write the day off. And then I noticed that the light was coming through the table and through the window in this really kind of like vivid way. So I just set up my easel, I got my paints back out and I started painting at about like four o'clock in the afternoon. And it almost like freed me up because it kind of had, had ridden off the whole day and like, thought, okay, I'm not going to paint today. It's okay. Um, but it, uh, it kind of led to this, I think like this very intuitive painting for me that also I think kind of holds on to that intimacy. And it was just like a reflection on that. So I just knew that I kind of like needed to get that, information down in that moment um but it was also the lead up to it i think was was uh, really made the release a lot sweeter well I'm, I'm glad you shared that because that is that is one thing that's a little tricky about painting outside right it becomes um a kind of magnet for everyone coming by or something right or observing yeah it. yeah absolutely there's um there was a large one that i'm painted of the there's a rainstorm and it, uh, I was in a park in Toronto and I think it was early May, kind of late April, early spring. And I had a larger painting. So I had my whole easel set up and I would keep my paint and the easel and all my supplies in the car parked by the park overnight. And then I would just come every day, load the stuff into the park and set up. So I was making over a couple of days because it's a larger one. But throughout that time, you get like the different transitions of routines and schedules. So it's like the, people going to work and then it's the dog walkers and then it's people working out in the park and then the kids get off school and then you're kind of there witnessing all of it and everyone talks to you in all these different ways. And it was really funny where like groups of uh, middle schoolers would come up consistently every day and take photos and like hang out for a little while. And I got really used to it. So that actually was, it wasn't as it was tracking at that point. It was kind of, uh, they were, they were very kind and it was, it was kind of like nice to have that closeness of relationship or reaction to, people looking at the paintings just in the world because I think in a gallery space you don't really get that too often or I, I don't see it sometimes where I have these you know I feel really close to a lot of the paintings and then they go off into the world and they have their own life and they take on their own life but just to kind of like see the reaction of people who were going about their day was was really gratifying at the same time yeah I love that that that's um it's so, it's so interesting the whole the whole experience of of um your process and working I I want to ask you one more question before we go, and also thank you, and, and I, I wish you well on this on this show. It's really a um, beautiful show, and, and listeners, of course, have links here and more images they can see, and 
and hopefully come to see the show before it closes on October 21st of this year. The, the last question is, um, I'm always curious what everyone's reading. What are you reading at the moment? Yeah, I mean, it's funny. So I was reading a lot during leading up to the show, making the show, and actually started to listen to audiobooks while I paint. I find it's really meditative, and I'm able to, like, really get through a lot of books. Um, usually before I was doing podcasts, I listened to articles, but I've just, just during the past couple of months, I've kind of geared more towards audiobooks. And then since finishing the show, I haven't um, kind of stepped back a little bit. But I think the last book I was reading was um, – the, what we talk about when we talk about love by Raymond Carver, um, which kind of led to the finding his poem. And before that was Tomorrow and Tomorrow and Tomorrow, um, a contemporary fiction. Um, uh, Son of Elsewhere by Elamine Abdul Mahmoud was really a beautiful memoir. Um, he's a Canadian writer. And um, yeah, so it's kind of like a little bit all over the place in terms of what I'm reading. I've um, also uh, for a long time now been reading Poetics of Space, just because I find it, it's really helpful for the paintings, but I also can't read it all at once. It's really, I find, dense and tricky to absorb it all, so I find I just pick it up from time to time and read a couple lines or read a chapter and then put it back down and revisit it in, uh, in a couple months after that. Karen, I want to thank you so much for talking with me today. Again, I wish you well with this beautiful show, and thanks again for your time. Amazing. Thank you so much for chatting with me and just for looking at the painting so closely. I really love your perspective on all of them. You're listening to Yale Radio WYBC. This is Brainerd Carey with the lives of the artists, architects, curators, and more.